Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about a proposed change to the accredited investor definition at the SEC. The effect of the change would be to make more private investment options available to individual investors who have achieved a certain level of financial education and sophistication. Now, the purpose of today's show is to open the topic for you to investigate further. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm definitely not a securities lawyer. My role is not to provide legal advice of any kind. Now, specifically, the proposed amendments would serve to expand the list of entities that might qualify as accredited investors. The proposal would expand the number of people allowed to invest in private securities offerings, in hedge funds, and in private equity funds. Currently, the people who might invest in these funds are known as accredited investors, and they must have financial resources to withstand losses. They have to have at least a million dollars in net assets, not counting their principal residence, or at least 200000 a year in annual income. If we're talking about a married couple, they have to have at least 300000 a year in annual income. The SEC proposal, which was approved by a vote of 3 to 2, would allow investors with certain qualifications, such as an entry-level stockbroker's license, to sidestep the income and wealth tests. SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce is quoted as saying, Our current definition includes investors that spend their days cruising around in a Ferrari that daddy paid for. Yet it excludes investors who spend their days earning money and their weekends and nights figuring out how to invest it. The SEC's rules, which were enacted in 1933, were born out of a depression-area mandate to protect Main Street investors from the vagaries of the financial markets. If you go back to the 1920s, the irrational exuberance of the markets was littered with fraudulent public offerings. Many of them were companies with no underlying business that issued public offerings and cheated investors out of their life savings. Under the proposal advanced on Wednesday of last week, current income and wealth requirements would remain unadjusted for inflation. That makes it more likely that more households will be able to qualify. For example, back in 1983, about 1.3 million households in the United States would have qualified as accredited investors. Today, in 2019, that number has grown to 16 million. The SEC estimates that $2.9 trillion was raised through private channels in 2018 versus $1.4 trillion in registered offerings. So the private market has actually grown and surpassed the registered public market. The fact is, the vast majority of private offerings today are filed with the SEC under Regulation D, Part 506. Now, under a 506 offering, there's what's called 506B, which allows up to 35 non-accredited investors and an unlimited number of accredited investors. But under 506B, solicitation is not permitted. You've got to have a pre-existing relationship. Under 506C, offerings are only open to accredited investors who have to demonstrate that they meet the accredited investor criteria. Offerings under 506C are permitted to be advertised and they don't require the pre-existing relationship that's part of the rules under 506B. The proposal is outlined in a 153-page document that you can download and read from the SEC website. There's also a mechanism in a 60-day period for collecting comments from the public, and this too can be done on the SEC website. The methods for submitting comments are outlined on the second page of the SEC proposal. Now, just in case you're thinking 153 pages is a lot to wade through, I suppose it is, but on each page there are substantial footnotes. Some of the pages consist of about 25% actual text and 75% footnotes. Unless you intend to go through all the footnotes and references, it's actually not too bad a document to read through. Leading up to the policy statement, the SEC solicited input from the industry on possible changes to the accredited investor definition. Several commenters urged the Commission to amend the accredited investor definition to include natural persons or entities that are advised by a financial professional. 
such as a registered investment advisor that acts as a fiduciary in making the investment. Other commentators oppose this view. Commenters also recommended that the Commission expand the accredited investor definition to include family offices and clients of family offices. In the end, the proposal has a number of substantial components. Number one, it adds certain entity types to the current list of entities that qualify as accredited investors. It allows these companies having at least $5 million in assets that was not formed for the specific purpose of investing in just this one security. The proposal includes adding family offices with at least $5 million in assets under management. The proposal includes to add a term spousal equivalent to the accredited investor definition so that spousal equivalents might pool their finances for the purpose of qualifying as an accredited investor. Now, if and when these changes might be implemented is anybody's guess. They could be amended between now and then, and even once enacted into law, they could be further refined by policies governing the implementation of the new rules. In the coming years, we can look forward to the possibility of an expanded definition for the accredited investor that could make a larger number of investors eligible for the accredited investor definition, and that in turn could make the 506 offering an even more effective tool for syndicators and project sponsors to raise capital for your real estate projects and perhaps other business ventures as well. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.